other than trying to infect world leaders, I believe, is he's an influencer. And that's what he's been doing, and that's what his spirit is about, the spirit of Antichrist. But we that know the truth, and those of us that have been filled with his spirit, baptized in Jesus' name, and are on the ongoing, regular basis of repenting. That's what we do, over and over again. It's not like a broken record. You're not vain repetition when you do that. You're really recognizing that you still have your flesh. You still have a portion that's going to be gone in Jesus' name. And so, you know, we don't have anything to be ashamed of. We don't. We've, we've accepted, praise God, because he has accepted us. And so this is what we do. And so we come into his, his presence. We can do this on our own, but it's really a little bit harder because, you know, sometimes we just need to lift up. You know, the book of Ecclesiastes tells us that, you know, a threefold cord cannot be easily broken. And so there's some real, real strong scripture that supports the fact that we need to learn how to come together and not neglect this. So I'm going to, probably there's a couple of different sessions here today that I'm going to touch on, but I believe the Lord is going to help you in Jesus' name. Now, the first thing I want to help you to understand, and you can stay standing, I'm not going to take a whole long time, but there is a principle that needs to be absolutely adhered to in scripture, and there's a lot of them, but I'm going to take one of them here today and give it to you before you're seated so that we can pray. Praise God. And it's John 15. This is in the midst of Jesus is one of the most powerful Bible studies that we have of Jesus. I know he probably gave tons of powerful Bible studies. The Bible said if everything that was done by Jesus was written, the world couldn't contain the books. So we don't have an exhaustive study. We don't by any means, but we have portions and we can, from, from these portions, we can gather some very serious facts about the kingdom of God. And here's one of them. I want to share this with you. Look at um, uh, John chapter 15, Jesus trying to really emphasize this. Now you got to get this first verse here because this is really where it all centers on. I am, Jesus saying this, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. So Jesus is the vine. He's the link from the spirit. The man Christ Jesus was the link from the Father. Amen. And so he says every branch, praise God. Look at somebody and say, I'm a branch. That's who you are. That's who I am. It says, in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now here's the nervousness of us. We think we're the ones that produce the fruit. We do not. It's because we're linked up with him. That's what produces the fruit. And that's what a lot of people really misunderstand. They get nervous and they think they're falling short of the things of God, which probably they are. But, you know, if you stay linked up with God, you will produce fruit. You will produce the fruit that he wants you to produce. And so that's the key. That's the one issue that you and I have to settle every day that I am not going a day without being linked up with Jesus. Now, we got all kinds of Bible studies that help you with that, but I just wanted to help somebody here today know that quit, you know, dragging your lip on the ground thinking that you're the worst of the worst. You know, your flesh probably is, but your spirit and soul is not, according to God. 
And so if you'll link up with Jesus today, which is what we've been trying to do all morning here. This is what this is all about. This is not about anybody. This is about Him. Praise God. Something can begin to happen to rejuvenate that which is in you that God created. Praise God. And so what do you say we take about 30 seconds at least? Everybody here. I know that there are many of you that aren't familiar with these settings like, like you should be, but you're here today, and I'm going to try to engage everybody right here this morning before you're seated. I want you to lift up your hands right now. Come on, everybody, right now. And I want you to lift up your voice and just call upon Him right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, we need you. Mm, we desperately need you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, you're in the right place. You're in the right time. And you serve the right God. Come on, that's it. Right now, you are hooked up to Him. Believe that. Believe that, that the Holy Ghost is flowing through you right now. Come on, vision that right now. I got this. In Jesus' name, Lord God. Yes, right now, every one of you. Come on, many of you, you've spoken in tongues. You know what it's like to receive the Holy Ghost. But for some reason, it's been dormant. Come on, let's get that out of dormancy right now. And let's get it right out in the open. Come on, right now. Come on, begin to lift up the Lord right now in your voice. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Come on, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job, many of you. Come on, right now. Let's take another 15 seconds. Come on, and let's lift up the Lord. Come on, this is not a useless effort. This is not a useless effort. This is worth it. Oh, hallelujah. Mm, blessed be to the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Mm. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be to the name of the Lord. Come on, don't you feel that? Come on, that's God. That's His goodness. That's His mercy. That's His love. That's His kindness. Oh, hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Come on, there's nobody like Him. Never will be. He deserves the glory. He deserves the glory. In Jesus' name, He deserves the glory. And that's one of the reasons God left us here on the earth as a strong witness. We give Him glory. That's what we do. We're not pretending. We're not trying to make something up. We actually do that. And boy, I mean to tell you, if you could ever see, <laughs> if you could ever see how that infuriates the devil... Oh, does he hate that? Now, he can't touch you. He can't do anything to you. And so sometimes, I'm, I don't do this all the time because that's not the only motivation I want to have for serving God, but sometimes I do. I throw it in his face. I said, see this devil? I'm doing this because I want to. You go, you go, go, go your way, but I'm going his way in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can do that. I don't, recommend, I don't think you should do that every day, but from time to time when you're really being bothered, just go ahead and have a conversation with the devil. Amen. Tell him about how great God is and how glad you are that you're living for him. 
No regrets. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. You've been very good here this morning. You're responding to God's word, which is really the major, one of the major functions of the church is for us to, to respond to what he's saying. And we do that in faith, obviously, and I know this is not something you don't know, but that's what we do. We don't do it because we feel like it. My goodness, please, 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 in the next few weeks, try to get over that one. I'm not saying lose your feelings. I'm just saying don't worship God because you feel like it. Worship because of who he is in Jesus' name. And so I believe the Lord wants to, um, every time we come together like this, he just really brings or allows his angels to come in and minister to us. I don't know how many of them come at a time, but I believe that there are angels. I do, I believe that. And I'm, I don't worship them, but I, I give them honor because I appreciate the fact that they are here and, and that they will, um, you know, they, they will assist Praise God. They assist God. The Bible says that they're ministering spirits sent forth for those that are heirs of salvation. So God does send angels among us for a purpose. Praise God. A lot of what you feel in a healing way might be, and not all the time, but it might be because of an angel touching you in Jesus' name. And so never forget that. Spiritual beings. You know, sometimes we give so much credit to the other ones, the, the, fall, the, the bad spirits, that we don't recognize that we still have... A, uh, in fact, let me just give you a little mathematics here. You know, the Bible teaches us that there was a falling in heaven. The angels were created before we were, obviously, and they were created with a purpose. But for some reason, um, a leader rose up amongst them and wanted to be like God. Actually, he wanted to be more than like God. He wanted to be God. That was his problem, and that's still a problem that we have. If we want to be God, oh, that one, you don't want to get involved in that. But nevertheless, because of his influence in that realm, and I don't know much about it. There is not a lot of scripture that, that, that tells us about the angels, but there's enough there for us to figure it out, um, that his influence influenced one-third of those angels to fall. And um, I don't know how exactly that went, but I know it went. And so you must understand, you know, that in the, in the, in the angelic kingdom, there was one-third that fell. But listen to me, how many are left? Well, listen, simple mathematics tells us it's two to one. Seriously. And so this is what we have to be careful. In our culture, we want to worship everything. And that's why when you do a little study like this, sometimes people go to the nth degree and they start worshiping angels, and that's not what God wants us to do. Amen. In fact, in Scripture gives us that indication when the angel came to John and, and, and they fell down. He said, get up. I'm a fellow servant just like you are. Amen. Worship God. And that was the instruction. And that's why you could tell he was a good angel because of that instruction. Yeah. And so think about that. I'm going to hear this morning start off with a little bit of a situation. Why do we have some of the issues and the problems that we have? I'm not saying every one, but I'm going to try to help somebody here today recognize that there's a real simple reason why sometimes you feel empty, sometimes you feel like God is a million miles away, and, and all of that business. And I'm not saying we don't all go through some of our times like that, but I, I purposely, in my way of doing things, have made it my mission for me personally to make those fewer and farther between. Seriously. And I'm not trying to be arrogant up here, folks. I'm, trying to, I'm filled with faith. I believe that God can do anything. I have this little theory. This is mine. You can do with it what you want. But if we were to live long enough on this earth, I think we could just about get um, perfect with the help of God. Not perfect, but just about. 
Seriously. I mean, if you go to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis, look at some of the ages there. Yeah, those guys lived a long time. Can you imagine in your 230th year of living for God? What would that look like? Amen. And then when you really hit that milestone, that 500th year, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost for 500 years. Somebody say, yay. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? And then you get to be, you know, you get to be an elder now, so you're about 750 now, you know? Well, think about it. All the things that you would have repeated in your life and all the things that you have done over and over again and the things that you have learned. I mean, I don't know how old most of you are. It doesn't really matter. But just look in the little bit of time that you've been serving God. Look at what He has allowed you to learn. Come on, that's God. That's how it works in His kingdom. That's why don't ever get that. If a thought comes to give up, dismiss it right away. Praise God. Because God wants to help you in Jesus' name. He does every day. He wants to help you to understand. Praise God, you're headed in the right direction. Now watch this. The scripture says in the book of Hebrews, now we've already talked about John chapter 15, and please don't forget that. Stay hooked up with Jesus every day. Amen. You are not the vine. I am not the vine. He is the vine. And so He is the source of everything that we need. Amen. Literally, folks. He is the source. But, you know, the world has tricked us into believing that, well, we need everything that the world has to offer. And that's why sometimes we fall into this trap right here. Look at verse number 1 of the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter number 2 and verse number 1. And it's a powerful book. It's one of those books that is extremely condensed. I'm serious. That's why sometimes you'll find yourself reading the book of Hebrews and you'll just go, whoa, man, put that thing down and just come over here and think for a minute. And that's because it's very condensed. It's packed full of stuff. It really is. And that's why you're never, by a light reading of it, you're never going to catch the real content of it. But hopefully this morning you can get a little more of a nugget here, okay? Look at this. Verse number one of the second chapter of the book of Hebrews. It says, therefore, and we learned this this week, and I've learned this a long time ago. Therefore is a word that says everything I've said up to now is going to mean more because of what I'm going to say after this. And that's how a lot of the Bible is. Line upon line, here a little, there a little. It adds. That's what happens. That's why many of you have discovered that in your daily regimen of reading through the Bible. If you're going, man, I didn't see that before. Well, it's because God adds to it. And you're adding more and more therefores to your life. You already know some stuff, and now you're going to know some more stuff that's going to make what you already know very important. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Does that make sense? I, I, it does to me too, and I, I'm just a high school graduate, just like most of you guys. I don't have, you know, degrees coming out my, hand, my arms, but I'm going to tell you something. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that can be caught by anybody, everybody. And so think about it. It says here, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. There it is. It says, lest at any time say me. We say we there, but it's me. It's really talking to me. Should let them slip. 
And here's one of the reasons why we struggle is because sometimes that's what we do. We let them slip away. Because the scripture confirms this by saying in verse 2, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, look at this, everything that God does, says, and everything counts. Everything. That's why when you start living for God, you begin to see things that you just thought, well, hey, it's no big deal. Now you know it's a big deal. You see that. And so the scripture says there, how shall we escape if we neglect? Look at somebody and say neglect. Amen. You know, the word actually, you could replace it with another English word, which means ignore. How many besides me have ever ignored the callings of God? Come on, come on, you know you have. Come on, the best thing you can do is start admitting to God. That's what we do. God will speak to us. He'll tell things to us. He'll, through His Word, every time you go into it, it's activated, it's alive, it's well, that whole thing. And God speaks to us. But unfortunately, sometimes we just ignore it. We think it's for somebody else. And so this is what, this is what it's all about. We've got we to gotta start recognizing that we have the ability to do that. And that's why the fruit, really the, the only fruit that you can decide to have in this life is the fruit of repentance. That's your choice. Now I understand the Bible says the goodness of the Lord leads us to repentance, but God doesn't repent for us. He doesn't do that. He gives us the choice to do it. And that's why we ignore it sometimes. We know we're supposed to be doing certain things. We know we're supposed to be doing more of certain things, but we ignore it. Now, come on, let's not puff up our chest and say, hey, not me, because every one of us, myself included, are involved in this. And God wants to help repair that. He wants to help you to understand what's really going on. God is not condemning you. He's convicting you. That's what he's doing. And the reason he's convicting you is because he wants you to live more powerfully, more free. He wants you to have more joy. Come on, listen. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, that's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what gets, we get that by being hooked up to Jesus. You and I don't do anything about that. We can't produce that, praise God. And that's what it's all about. That comes into our lives free of charge. And many of you felt that here today. You felt God's love. You felt His long-suffering. I'm telling you something, it has the ability to change us. But believe me, when we get involved in this, the ignoring or the neglect of our salvation, and really folks, when you sum the whole thing up, the conclusion of the whole matter is what the, book, the author of Ecclesiastes says. He said, fear God and, and do His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Amen. He just lined it right out. Praise God. And every one of us from time to time get involved in the fact that we start neglecting it. That's why sometimes you don't like me. That's why sometimes you despise me. You shut me off. You can quit coming to church if you want. Now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm calling a spade a spade here, folks. But I'm not going to quit preaching the truth. I'm not going to quit telling what God gives me. I'm going to give to you in Jesus' name, regardless of what you do for me. Now sometimes it's very uncomfortable for me. And it's not like I don't have any feelings. 
But I've learned, praise God, that God is more important than I am, praise God. And so I'm going to tell the truth. And so the real fruit that people need to produce is the fruit of repentance. Remember John the Baptist? Remember when he came onto the scene and started publicly baptizing people? Man, these people were blown away while he was doing that. But what was his message? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And sometimes we think we can become a one and done. And you can't do that in the kingdom of God. You've got to realize you've got a flesh that likes to mess with the things of God. But you have the power and you have the ability. You have the name of Jesus where you can shut that down in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody interested in that? Let's have an altar call all during this preaching. How would you say? Lift up your hands right now and begin to tell God, I'm tired of this stuff. Oh, hallelujah. Doesn't that feel better? Come on, it sure feels better than holding on to that junk. It sure feels better than blaming other people. Come on, this is what God is doing in this place. Man alive. Woo. Wow. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God, I love it. And so you and I, we can improve in this area. And that's been my simple philosophy in life. I'm not perfect, don't claim to be, but I am improving. Amen, Amen. and I'm not 230 years old. Not even close to 500. Nope, but I am learning. And every day I'm going to make count. And you can do the same thing in Jesus' name. You know, there's a chapter in the Bible, lots of chapters in the Bible, yeah, chapter in the Bible, yeah. There's, there's a chapter in the Bible. How many, how many can say amen? amen? There's one, been talking about end times here. Oh, I got myself hooked up. I'll tell you what, you hold on to this. We, I'm going to take this off. Wow, we got that done, didn't we? Praise God. Too many wires, too many coats. I knew this. I came to church this morning, it was freezing. So I put the coat on. I knew by this time I'd have to take it off, so it is what it is. But we talked about end times, and end times is a good subject of this week, Israel. Wow. Anybody see that yesterday? Yeah. You want to fight somebody? I wouldn't suggest that you fight Israel. Because they don't have all of the diplomacy that we have in America. They got some of it, but they don't have all of it. And if you hit them, usually what's going to happen is they're going to come back and hit you about two or three times. And I'm not finding fault here or anything like that. I'm not accusing. I'm just saying, yeah, that's an eye-opener, isn't it? Because, boy, when those boys go at it over there, they're, they're not trying to get elected to anything. And so there's probably some things that are happening over there that you and I have no clue. But it is a wake-up call. Here they got into a war yesterday, and Netanyahu, is that's his name, the guy that's prime minister, he declared it. He says, we're at war. And one of the things I appreciated yesterday, and I, I don't know who, who, when he said it, but our President Biden said, I'm standing behind Israel. I went, man, I thought I was going to have to move to Canada, <laughs> you know. But, um, you know, the bottom line is, you know, he said it. He said, we're for him. You know, we're going to support him. And I'm glad because I don't know much about the politics of what's going on over there. But I do know from my Bible that that's their land. 
And so I'm not going to sit here and argue with, with that. And so yes, and we saw an end time event again yesterday that, God, that Israel's going to, heating up. You texted me last night, Marvin, and said, whoa, what's going on over there? And I, what did I text back to you? It's heating up over there. And that's what happens. It just heats up over there. And so end times is going to be kept in front of us, you know, usually and, and probably by the nation of Israel because they're not going to take it there. Those people are, are, they've got some tenacity. And again, I'm not going to get involved in the politics of it, but I understand that a lot of what's happening in the end time, especially when you get involved with the Antichrist, is going to have, pertain to the nation of Israel. And so we're going to have a real true compass that we can watch there. But before that, Timothy, 2 Timothy, wrote a chapter that has to do with end times that we can look back to and we can absolutely see the... the um, uh, what's going on here and it's 2nd Timothy chapter number 3 and I'm not going to read all of that Sister Carnahan you can read that for yourself it begins by saying in verse number 1 this know Tim Paul is telling Timothy know this that in the last days perilous times shall come and that perilous times has degrees Sometimes it gets a little more intense than others. But then it lists certain things that, that is going to happen. And a lot of times, and I made the mistake of, um, of thinking, well, that's in the world. And that's how the world is, you know. For instance, it says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. And you can go down the list there and you say, well, man, that stuff's been going on in the world for years. And you're absolutely right. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. But really what I feel like Paul is writing to Timothy about is if you see these things in the church. Unfortunately, that's what's happening. You see, Satan really isn't that interested in the world right now. He isn't because he's got most of them under his control. The people that he doesn't like are people like you and I. People who have the truth. People who are going out and proclaiming the truth because he understands that we have the words of life. Now they were given to us by God, but we have the words of life. We have the power to help somebody get saved. Amen. And I'm not saying that the world doesn't do good things. I'm just saying they don't have that power because they don't have the word and the spirit. And so if they would, then they would have that power. And so this is why, again, that influence is trying to press its way into, let me get it right down where the nitty-gritty is, into this church. It's trying to press into your lives. Every one of you have seen some remnants of that knocking on your door. Praise God. Last night we were sitting there, I was studying, and all of a sudden my wife's alarm goes off, and, and it has to do with our doorbell. And what happened was this, I don't know who it was, but this little kid or something like that came and delivered food to our door. And this is the second time it's happened, like in two weeks, hasn't it? And the first time I went down there and I caught him and I said, hey, listen, we didn't, we didn't order any food, that type of thing, and it happened to be the person next door, Okay. But um, this time, I'm getting up in my chair. She says, sit. And so I sat, and it wasn't two minutes or so, and somebody came and got it. Well, the point of it is, you don't have to open up the door. You don't have to sit there and debate it and think that you've got to win some kind of an argument about it. Praise God. Now, we just talked about neglecting salvation or ignoring it. 
listen, let's turn that coin around and God does give us some permission to ignore some other things. And there's just certain things that are happening around you that maybe what you need to do is learn how to ignore them. And just go on living for God. Go on praying the way God wants you to pray. Go on and read your Bibles and become more knowledgeable in God in the name of Jesus. Come on, does somebody want to join in that right now? Come on, why don't you just lift up your hands? You can do that anytime you want. And you can ask God to give you, give you the power to do that. Come on, that's what he'll do today in this service. He'll give you the power to be able to ignore certain things. Now listen, we don't want to ignore salvation or the the ramifications of it. But it's okay not to go and open that door. It's okay not to say, hey, I don't need that. And so you and I must understand, and I've been praying uh, fervently lately for you to get more and more discernment about stuff like this. Yeah, I'm not saying that God was involved in some battles and things like that. But a lot of that, he's not. A lot of that, he's just going to, we're going to pertain and we're going to be focusing on hungry people. People who really do want to live for God. People who will receive the message of repentance from dead works. People who will receive that message and begin to grow in that grace and in that knowledge of God. That's what's happening right now on the most part with the apostolic church. Amen. It's not our, it's not our, our job description to figure out who the Antichrist is. In fact, Paul just said, listen, you know, it'll be revealed. Don't worry. It'll be why it'll, everybody will know that type of thing. So you and I don't have to be that concerned about things like that. What you and I need to do, and, and pertaining to today's lesson, is don't neglect your salvation. Don't go days and weeks and months without praying and, and listening to the voice of God that asks you to repent about certain things in your life. Don't do that. You get in the habit of doing that, you're going to develop what I have on my fingers from playing the guitar. And you know what that is? Calluses. And pretty soon, you know, it's harder and harder for that word to press through that. And you don't want to go there. You don't want to develop calluses in your heart. Really, you don't. You want God to be able to have His way in your life every second of every day. So let me give you some advice here, okay? Let's go to the end of this chapter. We're still in 2 Timothy 3, and look at what it says in verse 14 there. Some very timely words, and remember what the subject was. You know, remember what the therefore was. It was end times, what's going on all around us. And so look at this, look at verse 14. It says, but continue, everybody say continue. Thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Paul's saying, check out the people that are teaching you. Check out the stuff that they're teaching you with. And make sure that it's from God. Can somebody say amen? You might not like my personality from time to time. Praise God, just found out I got a split personality, by the way. But the bottom line is, folks, you know that I speak to you of the truth. You know that I'm working out and operating out of this Bible just like I'm doing here this morning. I'm not going to sit here and brag about that. That's just the way it is, praise God, because it's the Word that saves us, praise God. It's some flowery speech. It's not somebody who's got their social life all together. It's not somebody who can produce talent. It's somebody who is hooked to Jesus, somebody who's got a hold of the Lord in the name of Jesus, and God is flowing through them, just like He's flown through many of you here this morning. Come on, that's exactly what He wants to do. Praise God. 
need to get that guy from Canada here because he's a whole lot nicer than I am. He said he was a bulldozer. Man, I must be a, I'm, I must be, what are those big things with the two engines on them? Well, I bet he isn't at times. Yeah, you get a couple of tapes from him, you're going to say, oh, he gets on them too, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, look at this. The scripture says, look at verse 15. Now, I understand that many of us can't go back to this, but we can develop a childlike faith. He said that from, that from a child, thou hast learned the what? The what? Come on, somebody else say it. Come on, I'm trying to wake you up. This is it. The holy scriptures, which are what? Able to make thee wise unto what? Neglect not your salvation. These two things go hand in hand. If you're not going to read God's word, if you're not going to study God's word, if you're not going to believe God's word or do God's word, then you're going to end up neglecting it. It's just that simple. And I'm not critiquing you, and I'm not trying to, 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 you know, to, to do any of that. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. The reason I have my relationship with God today is because I've listened to what He's got to say, and I do it. Now, I'm not perfect. I've already told you that. But the bottom line is I'm further ahead than I was 45 years ago, and that's the deal. And so the Scripture says, the Holy Scriptures, that's what Paul is saying. Let's not get caught up in the end-time phenomena. Not saying that we should know about it. But let's let the Holy Scriptures do the teaching. Let's let the Word of God unveil and reveal some things to us. Can somebody say amen? amen. I appreciate Brother Aroni. He's my good friend. I believe everything he was saying here last weekend. But listen to me, folks. You know, I'm not going to become an expert on a lot of that stuff. Yeah, we got the tapes and we're going to start a class and, do, and get better acquainted with what's going on. But what I, my duty for you is get you back in the Word of God. Get you believing God's Word and get you believing in the spiritual things. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. That will take you into a relationship. That will hook you up with Jesus. That will allow the Spirit to flow into you like a river of, like, like a river of living water. And I'm going to tell you something, you're going, to be, you're going to begin to see the difference at times in your life. And so then he says, all scripture, plain, simple, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. For what? Four things, doctrine, reproof, and then it says um, correction and instruction in righteousness. Now I could spend another hour on those four things. But I won't. This morning, I just want to introduce those things to you again. People have been neglecting those things. The doctrine is just what does Jesus teach. Reproof is just what you shouldn't believe. Correction is when you make a mistake. Instruction is when you want to get it right from the mistake you made. It's just that simple. The word is that compilation. And so you have got access to that every day of the week. You can make that an important part of your life every day. And God will help you with that. You will find power and, 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 and a force behind you like never before when you will commit to that kind of thing. And so when Paul was dealing with Timothy about end time things, he emphasized again that, listen, Tim, you've been a product of a good home. You've had some people teaching you, praise God. Keep doing those things. Keep, keep you know, um, emphasizing those things in your life. And when we do that, I'm going to tell you something, some great things will begin to happen. Can you say amen? amen. Okay, now let me give you one more thing here today before we, we move on. And that has to do 
again, with end time activities, okay? And uh, the book of Daniel, I just love the book of Daniel. I've been studying it for years. Um, uh, just, just on the verge of starting to put a few things together in the book of Daniel, and I'm so thankful for that. It's, it's kind of a confusing book to me at one time, but it's not so confusing anymore. That's, that's credit goes to God, okay? But in the third chapter of the book of Daniel, I want to show you something. And I want to show you something called pressure. And pressure is always going to be there, folks, for the apostolic church in this world. It is. Whether you're trying to get rid of it or move in some place where it's not so bad, there are no places left. I just want to tell you that. Even that beautiful city of Cascade, Iowa. I was going to wear that shirt today. I have a shirt they gave me in Cascade. Cascade, the home. You know, but it's still corrupt. You know? is still controlled by a lot of flesh and that type of thing. So there's nowhere that you can go, I can go, that we don't uh, encounter it. The good thing is, is like in the Old Testament, God built havens of rest. He put six cities in that land that were strategically proportioned so that people could reach them. And if you really got yourself in trouble with the law, you could run into these cities and, if you, and, and, and you could be safe. And so I believe the Lord is doing that today. I believe the church, us, we become the havens of rest. We become those cities of refuge. And I believe that God is allowing churches to be built upon that premise. I've heard it said of us here. People come in here, you know, said it to me again, Brother Rona. He complimented you guys. He said, wow, he was talking to one of the preachers up there, and he said, man, that church, they're powerful. They, they worship God, they do that. And I, I, I can't say that... It didn't make me proud, but I'm just going. I, it reminded me again, praise God, of what God is doing for us. He's creating a haven of rest where people can come in and they can feel the Spirit of God. They can get some rest from all that junk going on out there. But having said all of that, we must also realize that we're still going to be tested. Um, I'm going to give you a little homework assignment here. I might make reference to it tonight. But the eighth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy around verses 1 through 6. Read that for yourself. Amen. I know that's Old Testament, but it still pertains to us today. And it has to do with God testing His people. That's what He's doing. He's testing you. Amen. And so a lot of times you feel that. And let me show you one of those big tests. It might not be exactly like this, but you're going to feel that kind of pressure. Third chapter of the book of Daniel. Remember the story? The second chapter of the book of Daniel is where um, um, Nebuchadnezzar, who was considered, I mean, Scripture says, one of the greatest kings that ever lived. He must have been a very fierce king, Nebuchadnezzar. And um, he had a vision. He had a dream, much like Pharaoh did during the days of Joseph. Remember that? Well, and he had a dream, and he wanted it interpreted. And, of course, the false Christ out there, everybody who doesn't really have the Spirit of the Lord, they're just making up their own way. That's what they're doing. A lot of it is just their own little thing that they're coming up with. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, being a king, he didn't want any of it. He said, listen, I'll destroy everybody. And so finally, you know, you understand that Daniel came and he interpreted the dream. Remember that? Brother Arona um, made reference to this in one of his end time teaching about that image of the gold head the silver breastplate here, the, the brass midsection and the legs of iron, that type of thing. Remember that? Yeah, I'm not going to go into that, but that's a real deal. And what it was was prophecy. 
These are kingdoms that are going to rise up. Well, in fact, right now, those are kingdoms that already rose up, except for the last one of iron and clay. All those other kingdoms have had their place in history, and you can trace them to history. You can trace, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylon kingdom, the Persian government, and the, uh, um, the Greeks and the, and the Romans. You can go back into history and you can see, man, they were. They were worldwide very fierce kingdoms. And so Daniel, he interpreted that for him. But listen, just like a lot of people in the world, it goes to their head. And that's exactly what, what happened to Nebuchadnezzar. It went right to his head. How do I know that? Because if you read the first verse of the, second, of the third chapter of the book of Daniel, he wasn't supposed to do this, but he did. The scripture says, the king made an image of gold because he was pointed out that he was that top kingdom. And so what does he do? He creates, he builds this 90-foot statue, three foot wide, so everybody can see it. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar did. And of course, you understand, I don't care what testament you live in, that's a no-no for one God people. We don't fall down in front of idols. One of these next couple of weeks here, maybe in, um, in November, I'm going to teach on idolatry. And I'm going to help some of you understand some of the idols that are trying to make their way in your life. Now, I'm not talking about statues of Mary and that kind of stuff. I'm talking about genuine idols that have gotten in the place of God. Now again, I'm not doing this to embarrass you. I'm not doing this to make you feel bad. I'm doing this because God is teaching me to help you to repent. Some of this stuff we're not even aware that we're doing sometimes. Or we just do it automatically. But the kingdom of God comes into our life. It begins to shine. And we begin to see things for what they are. Now that doesn't mean that you have to sell everything unless it's, everything is your problem. No, what God has helped me to do is to make some serious adjustments. Don't look at that that important. Tires and brakes. You can't have my Jeep. God just did that. Uh, it's, that it's, there it is. You watch it. Praise God. But it's the truth. It isn't that you can't have things. It's just that sometimes we're just like this idiot Nebuchadnezzar. And we just want to make a mountain out of a molehill. And we want everybody to file, fall down and bow down to us. And it's, it really stinks, folks. And this is where you're at in the third chapter. He's creating this image. And it isn't so bad that he's creating... Well, it is bad that he's creating the image. But he wants everybody to get involved in image worship. And read those, chat, read those verses. I'm not going to go through them all because I don't have that much time right here. But if you read through this all, the Bible says he, he brings forth an edict. Look at verse number 6. Third chapter. It says, And whoso falleth not down in worship shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. He's like everybody in the world. He threatens you. That's the major difference between God and the world and even you. It's God don't threaten people. He doesn't do that. We, think, we bring that with us and we think that that's God threatening us. No, He doesn't. God loves you. Or let me put it this way. God makes His love available to you. And love doesn't threaten people. Love allows people to make their own decisions. We in the apostolic church are really just starting to get a hold of this. Amen. And so, and it works both ways, by the way. So here he is. Here's the king. And he's in charge. Everybody knows Nebuchadnezzar. 
And he's bringing, he, he, worship, he, he builds this image, and like most people in the world, praise God, they want it. I walked into a restaurant one time, and this guy I knew, I've been known for years in this, in, this, in this city, and he looked at me, and he was sitting there eating his meal, and he looks at me, and he was mad. He goes to another church, so. But the idea of it is, he, he, he looked at me, I said, man, what are, you, what are you so mad about? And he said, why don't they do that? I said, why don't they do what? He says, you church leaders. He said, it's football season. Why don't you have church after the football games? And he meant it. Whoa, it means that much to you? Now listen, I'm not preaching against football. We just reckon, where's Darren, Darren at? We just, yeah, the other rapture's gonna take place, right? The Chicago Bears won. <laughs> So we figure the rapture's got to take place, right? I'm just kidding. I like to have fun with this stuff, folks. But listen to me. I could care less if the Bears go to the Super Bowl. I mean, it'd be great. I mean, fine, whatever. But I don't care anymore. And why is that? Because I care about my God. Come on, listen. I'm telling you, sports is okay. I'm not telling you not to listen to sports or get involved in sports. But don't make it your God. There's too many people that it's an idol. Come on, can't you see that? It's come before God. And that's not a good thing. It never will be. And this is what this guy Nebuchadnezzar is trying to do. He's trying to create an image that goes before God entirely. But listen, it might be you. It might be me. It might be somebody that you know that God is going to call upon you or I to make a stand. He talked about Keith Green. I really appreciated his music when I came into the church because he was a little hoppy and poppy. I mean, I just thought, man, alive. I can't listen to Lanny Wolf for the rest of my life. And so, I mean, here it is. And, and I appreciated his songs and from the heart. I mean, this guy really did have a hold of God. There's no question about it. I hope he had salvation. I really do. But he had an album one time. Remember albums? It's that big black thing that you used to put on a turntable. Okay, just so you know. And, and on the album cover, he had this. He had, it was called No Compromise. And what he did was he had on the album cover uh, an idol going by and everybody in the place was bowed down to that idol except for one person. And wow, did that album cover. I can still see that today. I don't know know where the album's at that I had, but I can still see that cover. That really made an impression on me. You, I, anybody in here, you might be caught. Now listen, don't neglect your salvation. I got to get that one back up there. I tried to do that real good this morning. Come on, being positive. If you live for God and you want to be saved, I'm going to tell you something. You'll have all of the power that you need no matter what you go through. It doesn't matter how many come against you. With you and God, you are in the majority. I'm telling you, if you won't neglect your salvation and you'll do what he tells you to do, you will have power. Come on, can somebody raise up their hands right now and say that come on come on don't get caught up in the back oh they're going to outnumber me and it's going to be bad no it won't with God but it might get a little tense and the pressure might come you got to understand these three guys were put on front street There's no question about it. If you haven't read it, review the whole story this week sometime. The whole third chapter of the book of Daniel deals with these three guys and how they stood up to this mean old king who wanted everybody to worship his image. 
That's what it is. And man, if you can't see some similarities to that, to this country, you really are blind. That's exactly what's going on amongst us in all kinds of agendas. That's what's happening. People want, they don't want God. They, they, want, they want the good stuff that comes from knowing Him, but they know, oh God, you just stay over there in that little box and I'm going to go over here and do whatever I want to do. And then wait a minute, God, I want you on call because when I really create a mess, I want you to come over here and clean it up for me. That's exactly what's happening. And I'm not talking about in the world, folks. I'm talking about the church. That's what's happening to people in the church because they know about salvation. And God wants to help us to mature just a little bit more than that. Amen. And so back to this story, the scripture says that Nebuchadnezzar must have liked these guys because his, his leaders came to him, you know, after this edict was put forth and they said, oh yeah, we got those three Jews over here that aren't living for you. You know, you always got tattletales. You always got people that are going to run to whatever. And that's exactly what they did. They ran to Nebuchadnezzar and they said, he, they're not doing it. And you got to understand if Nebuchadnezzar wouldn't have really liked these guys, he'd have killed them right on the spot. But he's going to give them one more chance. Watch this. The scripture says in third chapter of Daniel, verse number one, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 14, he spoke unto them. Now here's Nebuchadnezzar. A lot of stuff has moved past. These guys have made their stand. So Nebuchadnezzar brings them in and says, okay, I want to ask you guys a serious question here. He says, is it true? And then it says, that you do not serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up. He said, you got to answer that one. And the scripture says, now if you be ready that it, now he doesn't even give them a chance to answer. He says, he threatens them. If you don't answer the question right or the way I want it to be, you're going to burn. And so that's really what the story is. And that's exactly what the devil is. And so the scripture says, now, I'm going to give you one more chance in verse 15. Now, if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound and he goes through the, the, what's supposed to happen here and his whole bunch of instruments and stuff like that, he says, um, um, he, says, he says, if you fall down, then everything's good. We'll just go on and we'll just keep worshiping idols for the rest of our life. But if not, he says in verse number 15, he says, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And, and who? And then he, then he really makes a smart remark. And who's that God? Who's that God that you guys worship? Oh, you go there every Sunday and on Wednesdays. You guys make a huge big deal about that. Now, who is he? Is he going to come to your rescue or not? Listen to me, folks. I don't think I'm very far off that you're going to encounter people like that. They're going to say, do you got the goods? Are you really, really willing to stand up for that God, no matter what happens? Listen, I'm not looking for an answer. I'm looking for contemplation. I'm looking for you to think about this. That's why I started this whole session off with neglect not your salvation. Because if you neglect your salvation, you're going to be like a piece of tinfoil. You're going to be just like a, like, uh, like a feather in the wind. You're going to just, you're going to fold. And that, I'm not threatening you. I'm just telling you how it is. That's what's happening in the church. 
That you got people that used to hold things. They used to be dyed in the wool, this stuff. And all of a sudden, over the course of years, you know, they're backing up and they're saying, hey, we're, you know, that's not all. You don't have to be born again. You don't have to have the Spirit. You don't have to speak in tongues. I mean, all of that kind of criteria, folks, comes and stems from that neglecting the salvation. It's all under that category. And so the Scripture says here, he, the king, because he liked them, Gave them another chance. But watch this. The Bible says in verse number 16 and 17, they answer, they say, O Nebuchadnezzar, look at verse 16, the latter portion of that. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Yeah, they knew he had power. 16. And now verse 17. The scripture says, If it be so, our God whom we serve, come on. And the scripture says, he's able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand. Man, they're making quite a remark there. They're saying, listen, if God chooses, your fire ain't going to do nothing to us. But if, you're, if God chooses not to do that, we're going to be out of your hands. Now I'm telling you folks, you're not talking about limp-wristed people here. You're not talking about people who maybe they want to serve God. You're not talking about people who come to church whenever they feel like it. You're not talking about church people who maybe read their Bible when they're trying to find a little bit of an answer. You're talking about dedicated people, praise God, that live for God. Come on, do you want one of the do you want that to be you? You have the opportunity. That's what God is doing in a place like this in 2023. He allowed you to come to church he allowed you to hear the words and he's putting some things in your heart right now that if you'll embrace them if you'll get a hold of them and you'll say God I'm going to get those stinking idols out of my life and you're going to be the one that I worship and pray to I'm going to tell you something you will find yourself in a powerful position you'll find yourself in a place where you can answer that and I'm not saying it's absolutely going to happen folks but uh, you never know you never know what's going to happen. And so here they are, praise God. They said, listen, we know what you can do, king, but we also know what our God can do. And so the rest of the story, I won't go into it a whole lot of ways, but the rest of the story is they went into the fire. And I wrote this down because I never wanted to forget this, that God did not save them from the fire. He didn't. And that's where a lot of us are at. We don't even want to go in there. We want God to take. That's why this pre-tribulation rapture thing is so appealing. It's right before things get really hot and heavy, God, you just take us off of this earth and, and we'll just be great. Now listen, I'm not died in the wool post either, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe that the, the church is going to go through tribulation and the reason it is is because God is testing us. He's tempting us. He's allowing, no, God doesn't tempt us, but He's allowing these things to come into our lives so that we will become perfected, complete, so that we will be convinced that He is the only way. And so some of you really do need to recognize that in your life this week. And get off of the adage that it's everybody's fault and that type of thing. No, this is God doing this to you. And it's because He loves you. Because He cares for you. Because He really does want you to make it to heaven. That's the deal. And so the scripture says, you know, that they went into that fire. So God didn't save them from the fire, but He saved them in the fire. Why? 
Why would God do something stupid like that? Why? Because if you study the rest of this chapter, you're going to find out that everybody in the world saw that. Everybody in the world was aware of what was going on with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everybody in the world found out how powerful their God is. And you must understand that's exactly what God wants to use us for in times that are going to come. Is that God isn't trying to make us look ridiculous or, uh, or whatever. He's trying to help this world see that there is a true God who answers. And the people that are called by my name that will not bow down to images will sense and find that, pro- and find that power in that place in Jesus' name. Why don't you come, Sister Chrissy, and get, you got that song loaded up? I, I figured today I'm going to have to cut this short, but the bottom line is I give you a lot of information here. Let me recap. We talked about not neglecting our salvation. Very, very, very tender subject, I know, with some, but it's the truth anyway. If you neglect your salvation, don't, don't expect to have the power of God, and that's not a threat. That is a promise. That that's why I work so hard with my own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not to impress you. Not so you think, oh boy, he's a great pastor and they'll, they'll give me all of these cakes. Well, keep giving me the cakes, okay? You can keep doing that, okay? But the bottom line is, folks, I do it because I want my relationship with God to be cemented. I want it to be ironclad. I want it to be without wavering. And that's what I'm going to do. And so if you feel and you sense that, praise God, I, I, I come by it honestly because this is the way it is in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to stop with a story like this. I spent about 25 minutes this morning on the phone with my two nephews. Their father just passed away on Tuesday night, Elmer. Elmer was quite a guy. I wish all of you could have known him. He was a, a rare breed. And I told them, I said, you know, boys, um, and I, it, was, it was God. I, I, I didn't know who which one I was going to call. There's two of them. And so I called the youngest. And lo and behold, the other one was there. And so I said, put me on, they put me on speakerphone and I talked to him. And lo and behold, my oldest niece was there. And so I got to talk to all three of them this morning for about 20 minutes. And I just wanted to reach out to them because the funeral was on Tuesday. And I told them, I said, I probably will not be coming back for the funeral. I said, I'm glad I, when I was back in June that I saw him and, and, and that type of thing. But the bottom line is I told them, I said, boys, I said, your father was a remarkable man. And I told them the story that I told this church, how that when he came out of the Korean War, he um, um, was a farmer. His dad was a farmer. His dad was a farmer. You know how it is, generations. But Elmer didn't want to farm. He was the only boy. had three sisters. And so when he came out of the service there, um, John Deere, the plant back in Dubuque, I actually worked there for four years myself. But they were hiring. And if you were a farm boy, you could walk into place and they'd give you a job because they knew you had good, good, solid ethics, you know. And Elmer, not telling his parents, went in there and applied for a job and got it. They hired him. They said, start. I forget what it was. A few days from then, he was going to start. Well, now became the task. He had to go home and tell his dad. And he went home. He told me this when my sister was, when she was in the hospital in the final stages of her cancer. And he told me this. He said, you know, Steve, he said, I went home and he said, I told my dad. And he said, he just sat there and began to sob. Because he said he was a farmer and he wanted the farm to go to me. And he said, I just, he said, it broke my heart. 
And so he said, I, I turned down the job at John Deere and I farmed for all of my life. And you know something? Elmer didn't want to farm. He didn't want anything to do with it. But you talk about an example. Listen to me, saints. I'm talking about somebody here that doesn't even have the Holy Ghost. But I'm talking to you who you do have the Holy Ghost. And God asked you to stay on the farm. God asked you to do a few things. Amen. And my goodness, folks, we, we're, we're so, you know, oh God, I don't want to get that committed. And you don't understand what God is offering you. What God is trying to help you to have is a place in the kingdom of God. And so my brother-in-law, I told the boys, I said, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of this, this, this man that I knew, Elmer. And I said, I use him as an example in some of my lessons. And they were going, whoa, you really do? I said, yes, I do. I said, that is a powerful example. And there's somebody in this place here today that I don't know what about that story will, will hit a nerve, but I think it has. That you're looking at different things and looking to do certain things. And I'm not here to say that you shouldn't have other things in your life. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not that ridiculous. I'm just saying, what place is God at in your life right now? Where's he at? Where's this thing called the kingdom of God in your way of thinking? And I'm not going to answer that for you. I'm going to let you do that. And we're going to sing a song here. I, I Personally, I thought this would be a good way to go at the end of this service. And so that's what I'm going to do. And if you feel an urge to come to this altar, I know we've already had a pretty good altar call here, and I, I appreciate that. You people are... I told somebody that this past weekend. You folks are great at responding to God's word. And so I'm not here to, to, to th throw anybody under the bus or anything of it is, but you must understand our salvation requires a daily thing. Yes. You can't just let it go for, for three and four or five days and expect to pick it right back up like you do a lot of things in the world. You've got to develop a daily regiment with God. That doesn't mean you've got to be on your knees for 20 out of the 24 hours. It just means that he's got to become first in your life. And I believe that there's some people in this room right now that you're ready to make that kind of a commitment. And we're going to give you the opportunity to do, to do that in Jesus' name. Praise God in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. somebody right now I'm not holding anything I'm not holding anything anything back I will worship you with all that I am I'm not ashamed 
name to worship the name of Jesus Jesus no I'm not ashamed to worship the name of the Lord come on I'm not ashamed to worship the name Jesus Jesus I'm not ashamed to shout out your name Jesus 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 Jesus